Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 224 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today for over four years, a revolutionary force in wrestling figure podcast entertainment. I brought it back, Scott. I don't know why, but I brought it back. Guess who's back? Back again. (laughs) Well done, dude. I like that you brought that back. Thank you. Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what is going on over there, man? Same old stuff. Literally, same old stuff. I have a candy apple bang coursing through my veins as I try to get a bang in at least once a week for our show. So candy apple it is today. Um, Literally, dude, nothing new to report. It is wash, rinse, repeat every single day. (laughs) <laughs> so absolutely nothing new to report just candy apple bang and that is all and i have the uh natural candy apple crisp now i guess bang makes these natural flavors but the caffeine is made from like a coffee bean extract oh is this new i guess so because i got it off bang's website hmm. so i'm giving it a shot the flavor is decent that candy apple cr- crisp bang has that bite to it that crisp apple that you can actually taste this is doesn't have it so i'm getting used to it it's okay i would rather have the green can this comes in a white can oh i didn't know that they changed stuff up so i think rockstar did something similar right when they went like with a zero sugar they changed the color of the can just to straight white and it had a little bit of color for whatever flavor like fruit punch was like a red rockstar logo or something so it sounds like Bang maybe did something similar, but like changed up the caffeine factor. Yeah, probably. I'll tell you what, that coffee bean extract works. Oh, good. Right on. So yeah. uh, compared to where we're recording right now time-wise versus where you had the Bang, how many hours are we talking? And like on a scale to 1 to 10, how are you feeling it? You do feel it. It does have 50 milligrams less caffeine in it, the natural one does, than the regular Candy Apple Crisp. Less caffeine. Less caffeine. But... It's 250 milligrams. It's 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 fine. That should get you through the day. Okay. And can you drink a whole can? Uh, yes. I have now built up a tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> oh, Scott, I got to tell you a funny story. Um, I don't know if this ever happens to you. Oh, it happens to all guys, dude. Don't worry. Not that one. Oh. I'll talk to you about that one off the air. On our other podcast. Uh, but when you wake up in the morning and you're super tired, do you ever get a random song stuck in your head? So it's actually really funny that you mentioned that. I've never had this conversation with you. I have been waking up over the last six or seven months with a different song stuck in my head every single morning. It's like, I'll get up, I'll get dressed, I'll go sit in front of my computer to work, and a random song will pop in my head. Okay, but when you originally wake up, does that ever happen? Oh, like right off the bat? No, not really. Not really. Oh, okay. So for the past 
I'm going to say 11 years, 10 years. I've had this song play in my head when I wake up. Now, I, you guys know I go to the gym hella early in the morning. So when I when that alarm goes off at 4 a.m., I'm really dragging ass. But I'm so tired, there's a random song that plays in my head. And so I've always wondered what that song was. Now, I kind of tie it back to Married with Children. Remember when Al Bundy could not get that song stuck in his head, out of his head? Mm-hmm, him. That's it, man. So I've had this song stuck in my head, and I don't know where it's from. I have no clue. Now, fast forward to just recently sheltering in place, staying home. As you guys know, I talked about it last week. I've been watching a mess load of WCW. I'm sitting at home and I'm watching Doom get put together. Teddy Long, well, originally they were managed by woman. But when they got stuck with Teddy Long, they got slapped a theme. And that theme is that song that has been stuck in my head for about 11 years, dude. (laughs) Yeah. You had the Doom song stuck in your head? <laughs> Dude, I was floored, man. I was like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was like, holy crap, dude. And like, I got so excited. Like, I now know where this theme is from. So I've, as you guys know, as I said, I've been watching WCW. Uh, Doom is split up. They lost the tag titles. Okay. And Ron Simmons continued the theme. So uh, it's I hear that song and I'm like, yep, there it is. That's the song that's been stuck in my head for like 11, 12 years, dude. It's this gigantic puzzle piece that's been lingering for 11 years, not being able to be put into place. And finally, <laughs> by chance, you go on this WCW binge and you finally have the last piece of the puzzle. That is fantastic. And it's great that it was Doom. I had no idea, dude. No idea. Like... I know the Midnight Express theme. That's our FOCO thing. If you guys have ever wondered what that music is behind FOCO, it's the Midnight Express theme. The Rock and Roll Express, I've always, that song's always been memorized by me. But this one theme, man, I just, I didn't know where it was from. I, I didn't know if I heard it in a porno. I don't, I, I don't know, dude. <laughs> oh, wait, this wrong podcast. That's our other podcast. Sorry. <laughs> but anyways, I was like, Dude, I I jumped up and down like like I was relieved and stuff. But anyways, I I thought I would tell that to you because it was just so funny how it just happened. Uh, that is awesome. And and what are the odds you go on a WCW binge and that's how you find what that song was? I think that's great. And I love that it was Doom too. That's so great. <laughs> oh, so anyways, I thought I'd tell that story because I was just cracking up. I was like, well, I'll tell him that one on the podcast. I love it. <laughs> If anybody would like to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. And I know a lot of these states are opening up, but I know a lot of these independent wrestlers, a lot of these smaller stores still need our money. So guys, go flood your local restaurant. Go flood your independent wrestlers. Pro Wrestling Tees, flood them. Flood What a Maneuver. If you can, if you have a couple dollars to spare, Please help out other people, man. Scott and I are okay. We don't need it. We want you guys to help out other ones. But if you guys do get a sh- our shirts from What a Maneuver, not only are you helping us out, you're also helping out What a Maneuver. So head on over there, search Fully Posable. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram, Fully Posable, WFP. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on FullyPosablePodcast.com. Download that Podbean app if you are out running around, walking the dog, doing whatever outside. Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. 
Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes. Scott, we do not have a new review. Sad. That is sad. That's okay, though. If you guys have a quick minute after you make your What a Maneuver purchase or your Pro Wrestling Tees purchase, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. We'll read it on the air. We'll be more than happy to read it on the air. We've read everything. One star, three stars, four stars, five stars. We've read it. We will read anything. Really, if it's on the teleprompter, it will get read. Thank you, Ron Burgundy. (laughs) Back to you, Tits McGee. (laughs) Wrong podcast. Oh, sorry. If you'd like to send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all, send it on over to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, why don't you go into FOCO? Jeff. What? Do you want to prove you're the undisputed world heavyweight champion of WWE fandom? Yes. Of course you do. FOCO.com is here to help. With FOCO's WWE bobbleheads, you can visit Suplex City with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, let in the fiend Bray Wyatt, and break some glass with Stone Cold Steve Austin. FOCO's line of WWE bobbleheads includes all your favorite superstars and legends from then, now, and forever, including Becky Lynch, The Rock, Ric Flair, John Cena, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Ronda Rousey, Andre the Giant, and more. These bobbleheads from FOCO are handcrafted and hand-painted to depict the biggest names in sports entertainment, making them must-haves for fans and collectors alike. Don't miss out on these awesome collectibles. Head to FOCO.com now. That's F-O-C-O dot com. One more time, just for you, Jeff. F-O-C-O dot com. Where at checkout, if you put in code WFP10, you will save 10% off on everything and anything inside your cart. Again, foco.com, that's F-O-C-O.com. Load up your cart. At checkout, use code WFP10 and save yourself a sweet 10%. That code is good now through mid-May. It was supposed to end end of April, but you guys have been flooding them with business, which Jeff and I and Foco greatly appreciate. So again, foco.com, load up your cart. At checkout, use code WFP10, and that is good through mid-May. We'll give you guys a heads up before that code expires. But again, foco.com, code WFP10 at checkout. Save yourself a sweet 10%. Dude, they have so much great stuff over there. If you guys are baseball fans, football fans, the draft just happened, go check out Foco, man. They have so much good stuff over there, and it's just not bobbleheads. They have scarves if you guys or masks if you guys need masks like your team's mask to put over your face if you're out and about they have that they have these lego block type deals that can make a stadium these things are great man and it's fun too because like if you're supposed to be sheltering in place you can put this together while you're quarantining so go check out foco.com code wfp10 at checkout Scott, Sammy Evans was nice enough to put up a Pete Dunn giveaway. And this is the original Pete Dunn that was the Target exclusive that hardly anybody could find. And we had Sammy on to announce the winner. And we also talked to Sammy about other stuff. So let's get into that talk with Sammy Evans. Joining us via telephone is Sammy Evans. Sammy, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing good. Well, it's good talking to you again. This will be our second recording due to a blunder on my part. And luckily, Sammy was cool enough. He was like, yeah, if this is the worst thing that happens today, then re-recording a podcast, then I'm okay with that. 
So thank you, Sammy, for being a good sport, man. I apologize, man. I, I, as I was telling you before we started recording, I had three windows open. I had telephone five open, yours and my's recording, and another audio recording. And I accidentally closed out your window. And when I went to put your audio into the show for this week, I botched it and realized it wasn't there. It happens. It happens. Well, my apologies. Sammy, what are you hunting for? I'm pretty much caught up other than the uh like the grail pieces and the older stuff, all the current stuff. I'm I'm good on until uh 60, 76 and 77 drop. Now, are you going to be getting any of the boss fight super 7 uh AEW figures anything like that? I I plan on picking up some of the AEW figures. It just depends. I I'm I like AEW, but I'm not like super committed like a lot of the diehard fan bases. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to pick up the uh, the Dustin, probably the Cody, uh, Orange Cassidy, MJF. I definitely want to get the uh, the Lucha Bro figures. Those those would be killer. Yeah, that Dustin is excellent, and Dustin is yes. such a he is so good in the ring now. It's funny you mm-hmm. look you go back and you watch a lot of his old matches in WCW, or when he was Goldust or whatnot. He yep. didn't move around so well, but man. No. 50 years old and putting on the best match of his matches of his career is kind of incredible really speaks wonders for ddp yoga yeah right that that he's still got that beautiful power slam too oh i know you and i That's talked like, about it on the first recording a lot of people in wcw back in the early 90s had those beautiful power slams scott steiner oh, yeah. scott steiner had one yeah uh, steiner had a great one Oh, dude, it was so yeah. it was so fluid. Ron Simmons had an excellent one too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. It, it seemed like everybody used the power slam, but yeah. man, there was a certain form to it that you know. Randy Orton has a great power slam. I I'm not a big Orton guy, but I do I do totally agree with that. He does have a very beautiful power slam. Yeah, who is some of your favorite wrestlers growing up? Growing up, um, when I was when I first started watching, like Steamboat was the reason like I fell in love with wrestling. Mm-hmm. Then as as I started getting older, my dad always cheered for the good guys, so I was kind of difficult and cheered for the bad guys. <laughs> and then it kind of it kind of um, he was a big Sting fan right around the time uh, he started feuding with Cactus Jack. Uh huh. And then then it's been diehard Foley ever since. <laughs> so your dad was a big Sting fan, so you were cheering for Luger. You were cheering cheering for Flair. Yeah. Well, he like my dad liked Flair a lot flair a lot too he kind of did the same thing he kind of noticed the wrestlers i liked then cheered the opposite direction so we can kind of have fun with it nice nice (laughs) so you were more of a heel guy huh yep still am so do you remember your very first show i remember the show i think i i think last time on the first recording i got our dates mixed up um it was at market square arena i believe it was 86 or 87 Mm -hmm. um uh, Sherry, Sherry wrestled Rock and Rock and Robin, I believe. I believe the main event was a uh, demolition versus the Powers of Pain, and Virgil versus Hercules was another match. Then there was a whole bunch of just random stuff thrown together. I remember the event clear as day. Like the the biggest thing that sticks in my mind was Sherry flipping off my dad because the whole time during their match, he's like, "Use her tits for a turnbuckle," <laughs> and, and she she finally caught. Caught, caught, uh, caught what he was saying, and she just turned around and gave him the double birds. It was great. <laughs> As a six or seven year old kid, I'm really shocked I remember that. But that's that's <laughs> pro- that and um, that and watching WrestleMania or not WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble in um, 2010 before my dad passed away is probably my two favorite wrestling moments. I got to share that with him before he passed. So 
Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. It, at least you got to spend that one last moment with him, like watching the Rumble yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, he's, he's he's one of the reasons I started watching wrestling. We always kind of bonded that way. So when he when he was diagnosed with his illness and all that stuff, I'm glad we got that, that last one together. I don't remember much about the card, but I remember a lot about the time we spent together that day. Well, you mentioned the first recording. The best thing about it is nobody's going to hear it. So... But you also mentioned in that first recording that you went to WrestleMania 8 at the Hoosier Dome. Yep. We had crap seats, but it was a great experience. So you were watching the screen most of the time, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were. We had bloody nose seats. They weren't the worst seats in the house, but they were pretty, dar- pretty daggone close. <laughs> That's the funny thing is, like, when you go to Mania, and if it's in a big arena, like where you were at, or for us, we had club seats at Dallas for WrestleMania 32. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, you're literally watching that jumbotron for some reason. Mm-hmm. You're, you're drawn to it because it's just so big and you can see everything much clearer. Yeah, same thing at, uh, when we went to Safeco at WrestleMania 19. Same exact thing. We were sitting actually where home plate would be, so maybe about five rows behind home plate at Safeco Field. Mm-hmm. But we're watching the screen most of the time. We're not even paying attention to the, what the in-ring action is. How was your seats for that first show, by the way? Oh, uh, we were we were pretty good. We were about uh, about ten rows back, I believe. Oh, we were floor level, about ten rows back. We had good seats. Nice, man. Killer seats for your very first show. I'm pretty sure I have the ticket stubs in a photo album somewhere. Oh, do you? Yeah, I know. I have. I know. I have the programs. I told you on the first recording, I was going to dig out the programs and uh, send you the match cards. Yeah, I love the match cards. I always love going back and seeing house shows. And they're old. House shows are so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. So much fun, man. I still remember, I told this on the podcast, but I remember we went to a San Jose house show. And I told you about the Owen and Foley one, but there was also one where the Bariquas were facing the Headbangers. And Savio Vega backs Headbanger Mosh into the ropes and he shoots him. Well, Headbanger hit the ropes wrong and kind of fell between them and he didn't bounce back right Mm -hmm. so Savio had to walk back up to him and he turns to the crowd and he starts chanting you effed up and he got the whole crowd and of course wrestling was (laughs) hot at that time oh yeah oh yeah so for a house show the San Jose arena was drawn man I think that was about 11,000 10,000 and crazy 10,000 people yeah I know 10,000 people were chanting you effed up at headbanger mosh dude it was hilarious man it was like That's a, a crazy crazy was, crazy number for a house show because i know our house shows here currently are only drawing like five or six hundred people hundred five or six hundred yeah the last couple house shows i went to like in fort wayne and indianapolis had nobody whoa it's crazy too because you, when wrestling was red hot when it was the hogan era and mm-hmm. when it was uh the austin era house shows were just selling out big time i shouldn't say selling mm-hmm. out but they were pulling in some big big numbers oh yeah they, they it was pretty close to what the tv the tv that stadium shows and stuff were drawn like yeah. raw and all that stuff yep yep because i remember another house show in san jose and it was austin triple h and brett in a triple threat match and oh, it was dear god yeah i know well, what was supposed to happen it was supposed to be brett versus sid and austin versus triple h but sid no showed or something like that and they had to make it a triple threat. But that San Jose Arena show, that drew about another 11,000. And That's crazy. It, I know, man. It was absolutely nuts. So good times, though. I'll tell you, man. Oh, yeah. 
when you go to a house show and you got a crowd that hot oh mm-hmm. yeah house shows are a blast it's a whole different world there they they get to experience and try to try out new things and they, you could just tell they're having an absolute blast doing it it's a lot looser there's not they're not yep. being as micromanaged yep uh do you remember your very first figure that you ever received i actually still have it it's an ljn hot rod rowdy piper do you still have the kilt yes there you go any paint scuffed Oh, quite a bit. <laughs> it was well loved, huh? Yeah, it was it was very well loved, but it's still sitting on my mantle. That's the first one I ever got, and I'll never get rid of it. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you one bit. You can't get rid of them, man. You really can't. Yeah. You could sell them, but then you're always going back and going, eh. Yeah, that's that's why I'm glad I kind of didn't get back into the bunny hole some of the other people were going on with the classic superstars. I had to sell all mine off to help my mom out at one point in time. I just I never went back down that road. I'm so glad because some of those are way pricey. Uh, which ones did you sell off? Do you remember? Uh, pretty much every one I had. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had I had quite a bit of them. And they held a little bit of value and she needed money, so... Yeah. Family before figures. It's only stuff. If I was meant to get it back, I'd get it back. So did you play the hell out of your LJN figures? Oh, yeah. Most of them, most of the ones I had were beat to shit. <laughs> Mainly, uh, I remember my King Kong Bundy was destroyed because at the time, like, I always had him and Hulk Hogan, like, wrestling each other. Mm-hmm. And Hogan always beat his ass. <laughs> that and my Savage is pretty beat up. And uh, Steamboat was pretty beat up, too. Yeah, because those were well-loved, man. Those were guys that you were seeing on TV all the time, and you just wanted to play figures. Yeah, those things are heavy, too. Like, I, I re- was recently just, like, reorganizing my area and stuff and picked them up. Those things were heavy as hell. Uh, oh, yeah. You can concuss somebody with Bundy. Oh, I, oh, I know. <laughs> hard, hard rubber. Bam. Yep, same thing with Stud. Same thing with Bundy, you know. those Andre as well. Man, yeah, you, Andre was a big one, too. You can fling that at somebody, and, man, that, if it smacks them in the dome concussed city yep Yep. (laughs) so sammy you have gone in and you have put up the pete dunn target exclusive that was back in the day it was about about a year ago or so yeah it was a lot of elite 64 65 yep around there you have gone in and you have put that up for someone to win would you like to announce the winner uh zachary cox at miami dolphins 92 I said it before. I don't want a Miami Dolphins fan to win, but <laughs> eh, I'm I'm used to losing when it comes to football. I'm a Bears guy, so <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you got a Super Bowl though. Yeah, I was like seven years old, I think. Walter Payton in the fridge, the golden era. Yep, McMahon. The good, the good old time, man. They were so good. Yep. And Payton retired. Payton retired because they would let Fridge score a touchdown instead of him. <laughs> That part is true, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, at least you guys have a Super Bowl. As a Bills fan, we do not, so. You should have had a couple, but we won't We won't go, We won't. won't dive down that conversation. Oh, man, I took a beating as a kid. <laughs> oh, I, I, I bet so. Yeah. Probably not as bad as Jim Kelly, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's true. He was, in, he was concussed for the second one when they faced the Redskins, yeah. but. I was a big Thurman Thomas fan in that area. I love Thurman Thomas. Oh, the way he moved in that line, mm-hmm. and he was so. He was smooth. He was so small, our our uh, offensive line was like six, seven, six, eight. We had Howard Ballard yeah. up there. Uh, he was so small. He was hiding behind those offensive linemen. And he would squeak out. Yeah, was, he, was, he was beautiful. He was like the Allen Iverson of the NFL at that time. He was a little guy. Yes, yes. Sammy, did you collect the Gloops? I had, I had a few. I didn't really like dive into collecting them. I know I had a couple I played with with my LJNs. Gotcha. You had them play with the LJNs. Mm-hmm. 
How? I, I generally, because it was against like Andre or Bundy, where there were generally bigger guys. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. It's like Andre would like I would basically have him destroy the Steiner brothers. Gotcha. Now with the LJNs, did you also collect up to the Blackheart series? No, I did not. Okay. It was um. I, at, at that time, I was I was young. I really wasn't even collecting. It was I was like six or seven, maybe eight years old when those those came out. Somewhere oh, okay. in that ball, somewhere in that ballpark. So I was just my parents would get them for me because I liked wrestling and I would just play. And as like as I got older, that's when I started collecting them. So I collected Star Wars when I was young. My dad, my dad got me into all of that stuff, and to keep that stuff on card as a kid was a little difficult. <laughs> I know the, rest, the wrestling figures I always played with. Did you collect any other lines like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I had a crap ton of Masters of the Universe when I was a kid. I oh. really, really liked like He Man and all that stuff as a kid. So you and Scott would get along perfectly, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what Scott was, man. He was like He Man. We had Mask. I don't know if you remember Mask. Oh, like the the trucks and all that stuff. Yep, the flying cars that would shoot. Yeah, shoot I remember missiles. those. Yep. Yep. I had a bunch of other toys, starting lineups as well. Uh, Scott, oh, I, I still have some starting lineups. I've, I've still got a few of those in a tote in my garage. Do you have a bunch of the bears? Bunch of the bears and a bunch of the bulls. And I got <laughs> um, a signed Ryan Sandberg. His daughter went to college in my hometown, and I went to a baseball game, and he happened to be there. And it was actually in my car. I bought it at a rummage sale. Yeah, the card, <laughs> the card's not all that great, but the fact that I, the timing of that was so perfect, I'll, I'll never forget that. Plus, like. Growing up where I grew up, the Cubs are like a huge sports team here. Mm -hmm. And my cousin is actually named after Ryan Sandberg. So it was pretty cool. Oh, nice, man. Uh, Funny story. So we went to the Oakland Coliseum for an A's game. And that day they were giving away starting lineups. And it was random who you got as a starting lineup. It could be Walt Weiss. It could be Conseco. It could be McGuire. I think Dave Stewart was in that series as well. Did they have an Eckersley too? Yes, I think. Yep, I think you're right. So we get the figures and Scott got McGuire. I got like Walt Weiss. And I was like, oh, dude, you got McGuire. uh, Can I have it? He's like, no, scram, kid. You know, (laughs) he's the bigger brother. He's like, yeah, here, stop bugging me. You always bug me. So anyways, what they allowed you to do is they allowed you to go down to behind the dugout and guys would come out. And if they had time, they would sign autographs. Well, we make our way down. All of a sudden, McGuire pokes his head out. Scott's eyes get huge. Everybody's yelling for McGuire. McGuire walks over, drops his bat, drops his glove, comes back over, and he starts grabbing items f- with Sharpies or paint pens. Or, sorry, paint pens. I got paint pens on the brain. Or uh, ball, yeah. ballpoint pens. So he's he's signing autographs, and he's about to take off. And my brother goes, McGuire, and he drops the uh, starting lineup down kind of the uh, dugout roof. And McGuire looks up and he grabs it and Scott turns around and his eyes are huge, dude. He's like, he's got the starting lineup. Like Scott's like marking out for McGuire and stuff. Oh, I bet. So back then McGuire was like a big, big deal. It was like the Bash Brothers area, like him and Conseco. Yeah. They had a killer team back then. I mean, Eckersley. They really did. Oh, man. Eckersley, Walt Weiss, Carney Lansford, who was an underrated third baseman. Dave Henderson, Ricky Henderson. I mean, they just. Uh, Rick, Ricky Henderson, the greatest uh, leadoff man of all time. Oh, man. It, it was so much fun watching them play, and I hated them because I was a Giants fan. I still am a Giants. Eh, 
<laughs> but yeah. they beat us in the 89 World Series, so I still hold a grudge. <laughs> I'm the same way with the football teams here. The the Colts, for the longest time, like they practiced in my hometown at the university, and I'd go up there decked out in Bears gear all the time, and everybody would give me crap. Right? Yeah. Do they still? You know? uh, they I think they stopped two years ago, I think was the last time that they practiced. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, for, but I know growing up, like sixth, uh, fifth grade all the way through high school, they practice at the Anderson University. Gotcha. So about 15 minutes from my house, I just ride my bike up there and get autographs. <laughs> this just turned into a starting lineup podcast, but that's okay. <laughs> it happens. It, Collecting's collecting. The show is basically wrestling figures slash nostalgia. And that's what I love about it is you go back and you look back at those old toys from the 80s, the He-Mans, you know, the LJN figures, the Hasbros, Jacks, BCAs for a lot of people. And that's what it is. It's just a lot of love for that nostalgia feeling. When Scott and I record, that's one of the fun things about it is just reminiscing when you would sit down to play figures, how you would set up your matches, how you would wrestle with them. How, you know, did you keep a log of what figure or who won the matches? You know, stuff like that. That's what I love about it. I wish the price points were still the same as they were back then. It's crazy <laughs> the difference of how much stuff is nowadays. It's insane how much stuff is. And it's and it's only going up. And I'm wondering if that balloon will ever deflate. But who knows, man? We don't know. It, right now, the prices just keep going up and up mm-hmm. and up. And it kind of started in 2015 with the Hasbros. Then in 2016... We noticed another spike 2017, 2018, and it kept slowly increasing. 2019, it just started taking off. And right now, you're even with a recession on the horizon, unfortunately, prices are still going through the roof. Yeah, they are. It's, it's really up or down. It's kind of, if you have enough luck, you could catch them when they're reasonable before they jack them back up in price. Yeah. So Even some of the current ones, like the collector's editions, I've seen Ono, oh he had dropped all the way down to 40 bucks roughly 40 45 and then he got released and then boom he's back up to 120 yeah it's crazy how that happens man it's just insane right now like you start looking at your collection and you're like okay i don't need money but extra money never hurts <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. but yeah. you can for for me i can never pull the trigger unless if i was put in a situation like you were put in absolutely i would definitely do that but as of right now i'm like uh, i'm good right yeah. now but if i need to I mean, you ne- you never know what situation is going to present itself. Yeah, if, yeah. And a lot a lot of that stuff, especially the older stuff, holds holds pretty good value. So yeah, there's a toy store. I think it's about 45 minutes west of where I live in Kokomo, Indiana. They they'll buy anything, and they they don't rip you off. They'll give you that. Most places will give you 50 percent of the value. They give you about 75. Excellent. You don't hear that much anymore. No, most people are <laughs> in it to make as much money as possible. Oh, of course. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's business, but they're they're very 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 good store. I'm very loyal to that place. I make a trip there about every other week when when it's open. But with the uh, quarantine and whatnot, it's been been a little bit since I've been. Do they have a lot of wrestling figures there? Uh, they have a crap load. They have the I'd say probably 25 percent of their stores wrestling. They have probably the biggest GI Joe selection I've ever seen in my life. Oh wow. Oh, their G.I. Joe selections massive. And then they got pretty Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, Masters of the Universe. It's it's, it's a lot of a lot of vintage stuff mixed in with the newer stuff like the uh was it the Neko Ninja Turtles and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great, great, great store. I had McFoley do a signing there at one time that I went to. You and I were talking too on the first recording, um, 
it sucks because right now we don't think people are going to be using paint pens anymore. No, it's, that's going to be interesting to see what happens when they start doing appearances and stuff again. I hope to God it's not strictly Sharpie. Oh, man, I could never go back to Sharpie. I'd be like, I just I don't even want the autograph anymore. I, I know there's a few people I've met that they have their own paint pen. Like, Bret Hart had his own paint pen and all that stuff. But if yeah. they go to Sharpie, that's going to suck. Oh, I know. Like, you just want to just wrap it the paint pen in a disinfectant wipe and just have them sign that way. <laughs> you know? I will buy a brand new paint pen still in the package and hand it to them and they can open it themselves. Every single time, too. <laughs> yep, it, they're $3 a piece. That's, that ain't going to break my bank at all. <laughs> Sammy, I want to thank you again. And also congrats to Zachary Cox on winning at Miami Dolphins 92. You have seven days to hit us up or it goes back in the hopper. So congrats but you have to do your part and hit us up at fully opposable or at sith lord sammy I, by the way i love your at name on twitter oh thanks <laughs> see this this what the cm plump yeah yeah oh oh you're cm that's right yeah i, I, I just changed it. that's my, my apologies my apologies you just changed it to at cm plump <laughs> yep that I because I, I was so used to having you as uh, Sith Lord Sammy. In fact, I, I put you in my phone my phone as Sith Lord Sammy. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's my email. That's that's basically all my contact information. Yeah, I, I had just changed it because I talked to my wife years and years ago about going to like a comic con, uh-huh. like dressed up as CM Punk, but I'm a little hefty. But I've got all the tattoos and the same hair and the beard. She's like, I would leave you. So <laughs> I never I never got around to doing it. So. You, I guess a Twitter handles this consolation prize. You could always do the uh, CM Punk bodysuit that came out for Halloween a couple years ago. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen it. Uh, I'll send you the picture. Scott had it, so I'll send you the I'll send you the picture. It's kind of. I think it would be more more fun to do it with my gut hanging out and just embarrassing the hell out of her, but she, <laughs> she'd, she'd probably be pretty upset about that. So. <laughs> Sammy, again, thank you for doing this, and thank you for being a good sport. Unfortunately, well, thank you for having me. It's a good time. No problem. As I said, in podcasting, this happens where technical difficulties, but I had never had this happen in four years where I forgot. See, so to now you'll that. always remember your first conversation with me. I was the one you messed up on. I, I will remember the first and the See? second. There you go. <laughs> Sammy, thank you again, man. Uh, no problem. Congratulations to the winner, Zachary Cox at Miami Dolphins 92. Again, at Miami Dolphins 92. Congratulations. You have seven days to hit us up. You guys know the rules. And Sammy, thank you again for putting up the Pete Dunn figure for us. And Scott, I'm going to go into my toy spot. And, uh, not toy spot, and sorry. Finger poke a doom, which actually is texting. <laughs> ah, well, first off, thank you, Sammy. And congrats to the winner. That's awesome all around. Love that. Fig life in action, folks. I want to thank Sammy also. He was able to grab me the Chase Hurricane. Or the variant hurricane. Oh, nice. Yeah, I want to thank Sammy, man. That was awesome, man. Thank you very much for picking that up. He was he was like, hey, look what I just found. And I was like, dude, PayPal ready. We'll cover shipping and everything. You know, cost plus shipping. So anyways, I want to thank Sammy for grabbing that. Also, we had Ray on. And Scott, you know Ray. We had Ray on Telephone 5. He was able to pick me up the Mandy Rose. He was over at a, I believe, a Walmart, if I'm not mistaken. And he picked up Mandy Rose for me. Very, very cool. That's awesome. What up, Ray? And yeah, dude, that Ray interview was so much fun, dude. And I told him too, because Ray, he loves to talk, dude. He's got these good social skills going on. And he's like, I felt like I talked too much. I was like, dude, you know what? That makes our lives easier. Yeah. When somebody wants to open up and 
just talk, dude, we just kick back and relax and listen to the stories that you have. So it makes it an easier conversation for sure. It was funny, dude. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video, but Braun Strowman made a video today that he put on Twitter or Instagram or one of the two. I saw it on Twitter, obviously, but this girl is on the beach and she pops open a, a Braun Strowman. I want to say it was a top picks. She gets the Braun Strowman and she throws it into the water. And then all of a sudden Braun Strowman just comes out of the water. And I was like, Oh, that Mandy Rose figure can't get here soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Jeff. So now they're going to have to put little disclaimer stickers on the figure packaging that says, do not throw in water will not come to life. Oh, no, it's Braun Strowman, dude. He's the one that started this. <laughs> yeah. It's his fault. <laughs> they aren't sea monkeys, dude. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> they're not like those grow a girlfriend grow boyfriend type things that's for the other podcast dude you keep mixing them up sorry i'm sorry uh scott did you do any finger poke do so i have been doing a lot of searching i mean a lot and as i mentioned last week i was kind of torn between a few different properties but i'm pretty sure i've got it narrowed down to where I'm going to be hunting for the next month or so. Okay. It's definitely going to go above what the wife and I had discussed because I was originally looking at maybe going back and getting some of those old GI Joe figures because really like it's not having to go back and get much of the old figure. We aren't missing much from LJN. We're missing nothing from Hasbro and old jacks are whatever. I'm good with what I've got. And there are some Mattel pieces that I'm missing, but I can live with that. But I really started to narrow down and focus into G.I. Joe, but not the 82 to 94 line. I was looking at the 25th anniversary figures that came out in 2007. And they are way more affordable than what I was looking at on the 82 to 94 Joes. So I'm doing a lot of research And I think I'm going to be getting a lot of help from one of our listeners who stepped up and was like, dude, I know somebody that does sell GI Joe. So I think I can help you with that. So I'm going to be having a lot of conversations with that person, but that I think is where I'm going to be focused on building an older collection. So you're going GI Joe route. Are we going to have to become a GI Joe podcast? Absolutely not. No, no, no. Wrestling (laughs) for me is always number one, but I had to look at it that I have a ton of wrestling figures at the house. And there's really not much at the end of the day, what you and I need to complete LJN. We need nothing to complete Hasbro's. Matt Manias are just, uh, that's out of my price range to what I can afford right now. But I can get a nice chunk knocked out of those G.I. Joe figures for what I'm going to spend. So I think I'm going to go that route. The figures are incredible. I love them. I'm looking at some vehicles as well. But I want to be able to set up my front room with a couch, an entertainment center, a television, all my old retro consoles and some displays where I can put up figures. And I want G.I. Joe and wrestling primarily in that room. Wrestling is pretty much covered. I just need to get a few G.I. Joe pieces. So I think that's where I'm going to be looking. The wrestling figures, dude, have just... The prices on those things have just gotten asinine, man. Yeah, and we talked about it last week. But yeah, it's it's insane right now. And like I said last week too, I feel so bad for those people that are having to go back and, and fill holes in their collection or start from scratch, specifically the Hasbros. Oh my gosh. 
dude, you're having to like right. literally take out a second on your house to come up with money or get a second, third and fourth job to try to cover the green cards and the mail aways. It's insane. So look guys, if you're in that market, more power to you. Cause we've also talked about people know what they have now and you can't get over on anybody. And it's why guys like Ryan at wrestling toy tracker really come in handy because they're going to save you. But those prices are definitely trending upwards. And with the fact that a lot of people have their stimulus money now, they're wanting to go and fill some of those holes. So any eBay auctions you go to, they're going to get driven up quite a bit. So it's just super volatile right now too on eBay from what I've been seeing. Just in doing my GI Joe research, I was seeing wrestling figures as well. And it's crazy. So I don't know if I'm going to spend any money just yet. I may give it another month or so before I jump in the deep end just because it's so crazy right now and people have extra money. So the ones that really want to go get those collectibles, they're going to do it and they've got money in their pocket to do it with. So I may let that ride out for about a month before I jump in. Well, the wrestling figures are just, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's absolutely nuts. The Hasbros are through the roof. Yeah. LJNs are through the roof. Yep. Like you just mentioned the Matt Manias. Let's not even get into those. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And earlier Mattels. And it's funny too, because I'm noticing not many people are going towards Jax. A lot of people are like, oh, those bigger bodies, I don't want Jax. But it's still funny because a lot of the people that are putting posts up on eBay, their Jax Classics and Jax Deluxe Classics, they're still pricing them at like $40 a figure. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if nobody really wants those, why are figures still being priced that high? Like, because as everybody is rushing out to fill holes in the Mattel or Hasbro or LJNs, I'm looking at the Jax Deluxe Classic. And I was thinking about starting that collection. But again, everybody is pricing those figures way too high. Wrestling figures are just on a whole different level right now. And I think going back and trying to fill some holes in the LJNs isn't feasible right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's so expensive to jump into it trying to go back and either fill holes or start over from scratch. And, oh, man, it, it's it's so expensive. It's it's crazy. Even if you're not going carded, even loose is just insane. Well, have you seen those Bendems with Rikishi, Scotty Tuhati? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, we talked yeah. about those about a month and a half, two months ago, something like that. And, oh, yeah. my goodness, that price was just <laughs> – my jaw hit, my, hit the floor. It was just, what? <laughs> Those bendies? Oh my gosh. You haven't seen the recent ones, have you? Uh, no. I just saw the last one from like, what, two months ago when we brought it up. Okay, so another Rikishi sold for $1,000. Just Rikishi? Just Rikishi. Dude. And so what makes these so rare is they were short-released, right? As Just Toys Bendem was going out of business. And somebody said, and I don't know if this is true. I'll have to have somebody fact check me. But somebody said they were just at dollar stores. Oh, oh, really? That's what I've heard. I don't know if it's true. I have to do a little bit more research into that. But somebody mentioned that this was the last series. Not It was short run. Not many cases got out there, and they only went to dollar stores. So I don't remember seeing them at KB Toys. So that could be. I think this was around 2000 that this happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, I stopped collecting them. Man, I don't even remember which series it was. But I remember getting like the first, I think, five or six waves. And then after mm -hmm. that, it was very sporadic which ones I picked up. But I for sure didn't get those. I think I missed out on the Hardys as well. I think I passed on those. Um, man, now I wish I had been more on the hunt for them. I'd always pass them over. Like, especially in the later series, I'd be like, I don't want any bendies. I'm just going to get the, the regular Jax figures. 
and would would ritually just like skip over the bendies. Man, I wish I hadn't because it looks like those are starting to trend upwards too, huh? No, oh, dude, it's ridiculous. I think it was either Scotty Too Hotty or Grandmaster Sexay sold for eleven hundred. Oh, uh, it's it's crazy, dude. It's absolutely nuts for a bendum. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. The wrestling figures of past years are just out of control right now and i think trying to go back is gonna probably be put on hiatus yeah i'm going on hiatus trying to fill holes in the uh in the back catalog (laughs) oh my goodness man that's crazy but hey you know it's part of the hobby you gotta love it you do well i mean not (laughs) not if you're trying to go back and fill some holes and it's the most expensive pieces but i mean if you can get some on the cheap you know, if you're trying to collect an entire series, you could start knocking those off the checklist. That's still fun. You know, anytime you can put an X next to a name that you have it in the collection, that's a good thing. And Scott, we are going to announce the next entrant into the fully posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Scott, without further ado, let's induct the tag team wing of the fully posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome to the 2020 Fig Life Hall of Fame, the Galoob Fabulous Freebirds 2-Pack with Sound Module. These figures are incredible. I love that Jeff has them as part of our shared Galoob collection. He has a mint in box up on the mantle over his fireplace, and they are beautiful. They came in a full-color display box, the two figures front and center, and these were the Freebirds with the face paint on. They had a sound module that played their music and in all their small glory, all four inches tall of them, Jimmy Jam Garvin and Michael P.S. Hayes have never looked better. And it is my pleasure to announce the Galoob Fabulous Freebirds with sound module two pack tag team box set to the tag team wing of the 2020 Fig Life Hall of Fame. Now, I know you guys are probably like fabulous freebirds are you serious okay yes they do have some weird makeup on their face and they wore that in wcw i've been watching it's not weird it's not (laughs) it's not weird it's awesome but this whole presentation of that two-pack was amazing from the box to the sound module to the figures that came with tag titles they were fantastic and we'll get in more when we have our hall of fame day but I am all for this going in because of the whole presentation surrounding these figures. So Scott, we welcome Jimmy Jam Garvin and Michael P.S. Hayes into our fully posed and their sound module into the fully posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. So now we need to cue Bad Street USA and Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin need to go all around the crowd. All of our listeners, they need to start singing the song with the crowd get blown up, and then go deliver their uh, induction speech. Just like they did at the real Hall of Fame several years ago in the WWE, which was hilarious. Dude, you know what kills me? They were at Access that year, but I didn't have the box set. But if I would have known that they were there and I had that box set, oh, dude. Yep. I would have been all over getting that signed. Yeah, they would have been slanging paint all over your box set. (laughs) Oh, disgusting. What? Scott... Scott, we have some news to get into. What do you say we jump into it? Let's talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, why don't you talk about our friends over at Manscaped? 
Support for the news is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jeff Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke <laughs> technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WFP20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Once again, Jeff, just for you, you hairy bastard. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WFP20 at manscaped.com. That's M A N S C A P E D.com. That's 20% off with free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use code WFP20. May George the Animal Steel rest in peace. But if George was still alive, we would be sending him a Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Yes, we would. And Jeff, you know, I, I, I do the ball routine every week, but I've got to tell you, it's good for other hair on your body as well. If you are trying to pull, pull a Seinfeld and go hairless, it'll work for that. <laughs> or what about Hogan's deep V that he had going on back in the 80s? You can make it happen. You can absolutely make it happen. You know, I've been uh, telling Shannon with this quarantine, it's, dude, I need a haircut and a beard trim so bad. Like, it's insane. Like, first world problems, right? I've been telling her I should just take the manscaper and go right over my head and beard with it. Why don't you? Well, I won't do the beard for sure. That that one's like, ah, eh, that's not going to happen. But the head, dude, I've really been thinking about it. Really been thinking about it. Low maintenance, roll out of bed, you're good to go. It's tempting, believe me. But again, it's not just for your balls. It's for the rest of your body as well. Actually, you know what, dude? I wore the manscaped underwear. That is the most comfortable underwear I've ever worn. Yes. And I'm not I'm not BSing you guys. Literally, this is the most comfortable underwear I've ever put on. It beats Hanes, Ultra Sweat, whatever. Uh, this bamboo stuff that we got in San Francisco. Ba don't look at me like ba it. it was actually bamboo. It was like a bamboo qual like knit. I don't know, dude. Anyways. What in the hipster shit are you talking? Bamboo underwear, dude. Yeah, it was bamboo. Get Will you stop? Bamboo underwear. <laughs> Dude, it was bamboo. It was like a, a, a knit underwear made out of bamboo or something like that. What, are you hanging out with pandas? <laughs> All day. Wearing bamboo underwear? What's wrong with you? <laughs> but it beats that, dude. This underwear is like the best underwear I've ever put on. That's that's speaking very highly of that underwear. And it's funny that you mentioned that. I put our code up on Facebook a while back when it first went into uh, effect. And a friend of mine hit me up and he was like, dude, I'll tell you what, their trimmer is outstanding, but I love their underwear. 
So that just goes right along with what you're saying. And I did wear it as well, Jeff. Very, very comfortable. Highly recommended. Yes. Use code WFP20 to get some of that ultra soft underwear. It's the best underwear I've ever put on. Treat your package right. (laughs) Oh, I do. (laughs) (laughs) You're on one. You better stop, dude. The sensors are going to be hitting the button all night. (laughs) Wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. Scott, we do have a bit of news. So when there is no news, I go searching for it. Basically, I head over to the forums and look for whatever Steve Ozer is replying to. The penthouse forums? That's on the other podcast. I pull those, you know. Oh, yeah. Steve doesn't post to those. Yeah, no, you're right. Steve doesn't post to those forums. I apologize. No, no, no. At least I don't think it's him. (laughs) It's another Steve Ozer. (laughs) Scott, the first question says, hi, Steve, without going into all his public and private adventures, at this point, was Lars just lucky to get a basic (laughs) when he did? Or could he potentially still get an elite? Or is it dependent on his return to TV? Thanks. What did Lars do, Scott? Well, you know, I can't really get into what Lars did. Let's just say that I think he has a very small chance of being in future figure lines. Hmm. I still don't know. That didn't tell me much. Steve said he'd have to return to WWE content before having a new figure considered. Next question. What is the holdup on the women's tag titles? We already have a 24-7 title, and that was revealed months, several months, after the women's tag titles. Steve said, just timing. Be patient. Yeah, be patient. We got your back, Steve. Yeah. People, be patient. (laughs) Just chill. You'll get your women's tag titles. I think that's what he's saying. I think so. Next question. With SDCC being canceled, will you all do your own show on the date SDCC was originally scheduled for, Or would it be moved up? Steve says, too early to announce plans. Okay, so they're up to something. Yeah, and still, have Bill reveal the figures, Steve just be off camera talking about it or whatever. You guys can set this up. You guys can do a good show. And and it adds a personal touch. And I know we've talked about this, but it really gives it that personal touch. These guys, Steve and Bill, and their entire team at Mattel, but those guys really put heart, soul, everything into this line and they have to be excited to show off these figures that everybody wants to see they should absolutely be involved in the reveal and not just sending out pictures there's a detach there these guys need to be involved with the product and show it to us i think a live stream on zoom would be incredible or a live stream on facebook or twitter whatever it might be something just give us that personal touch show us the figures get yourselves in there because those are the guys that are making this happen they should absolutely be a part of it Next question, Steve, what is your stance or Mattel's stance on re-releases? Certain iconic look flashbacks were available in limited release or before a lot of current collectors were on board. The Rockers, the Bushwhackers, Demolition, Red Shoulder Pads, Legion of Doom, Akeem, King Harley Race, Purple and Gold Macho King, King Kong Bundy, Nikolai Volkov, etc. Steve says, I'm personally not a fan of straight up re-releases. I like to see something, even if it's a small detail, changed a bit. Doesn't mean that it won't be an option from time to time, especially with the use of true FX now. Plus, all those talents have multiple looks that we can pull from, even LOD with red shoulder pads. But the bigger issue is just not having access to most of the legends on your list. Yeah, the names that this guy mentioned in his question 
are absolutely some of the highest dollar amounts that you can pay for wrestling figures right now in the Mattel era. It's insane and goes back to exactly what you were saying, Jeff, about trying to fill holes in your collection, specifically with Mattel, that prices now are just skyrocketing and absolutely trending upwards. To try to go back and get some of those older legends, it's insane. Try landing an LOD set of the Elites, I think it was Elite 30, in the red shoulder pads for under like 75 to 80 bucks. It's going more between like 90 to 110 if you're lucky. And sometimes that's loose prices. Demolition, I saw somebody selling two Demolition Legends figures, an Axe and a Smash, mint on card, 240 bucks. Like, the prices are insane. And it, it does give weight to his question about will there be re-releases? I like Steve's answer. And of course, you can dress up. You can make the same figure. Just do like a paint deco change up or something. But they have to find a way to, once those guys are back under the umbrella of, okay, we can make them again, they definitely need to be put back out. Because trying to go back and collect some of these figures, it's it's impossible. And if you missed them the first time around, good luck. So I know we just talked about it, but do you think this bubble will burst? It has to at some point, right? I mean, it can't keep trending upwards. Like eventually everybody's going to have everything and then they may potentially turn into sellers and the market may not be there to buy. Like right now, the economy's in the crapper, right? So who knows if money's going to continue to flow like it has been over the last year or so, because we've definitely been seeing that that upward trend, the curve up over the last year, at least. And it's not showing any sign of slowing down, but the economy keeps up the way it is and people start hoarding cash like they have been, things could change. So yes, to answer your question, I think at some point it is, it may not burst, but it will definitely plateau and possibly dip a little bit. But it just, it really, I think, depends a lot on the economy as well and what extra budget collectors have to be buying these sorts of things. It, it, it's a weird, it's a weird time to be a wrestling figure collector. It's great if you're out hunting current stuff, but as we've talked about several times on the show already, trying to go back now is becoming very, very expensive. But I think at some point it has to plateau and may dip a little bit, but I don't think it's going to burst. Okay. So it's not like a housing market. No, definitely not. There's no way that the bottom falls out on this stuff. It has value. Absolutely. And it's not going to dip tremendously, but I think it will dip a little bit. It has to plateau at some point. Just right now they're super hot, right? We're six months removed from the toys that made us that showcased wrestling figures and it brings back a lot of nostalgia. There's wrestling figure podcasts out there that really hype these things up. And that all weighs into driving up the price on these things. I would wait it out a little bit. If you're in the market for those older figures, maybe just pump the brakes a little bit because I think at some point it's definitely going to plateau and possibly dip. That's what I was thinking, dude, is uh, I keep looking at all these older figures that I need to go back. Like when you were talking about the LJNs, I was thinking about Kamala. I was thinking about Slick. Yeah. I don't really care about Outback Jack or anything like that. Because those were three we didn't have in our collection. Yeah. The prices I see on them, I'm just like, it's not even worth it. Right. Like, I know I, I'm going to be patient and I'm going to wait it out and I'm going to see what I can find later on. Right. Because I know if you're going to go back and fill holes in the collection, you want them to be in great condition, right? And the great condition right. figures are running quite a bit right now. You can get beaters for an okay price, but I'm not paying an okay price for a beater. That's not what I'd want to add to my collection. Same as you, Jeff. So yeah. I, I think the better play here is to wait it out, kind of see how the economy goes, and then you know later on in the year, revisit it and see where it's at. But make sure 
you're following Wrestling Toy Tracker or you're on his website because he's going to help you out with these prices. Scott, last question. I will cry if that updated Drake Maverick and basic Mike Kanellis are not released. Are you okay with making a grown man cry during a global pandemic? Steve said, yes. He's a savage. We got heel, Ozer. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely turned. He he just turned heel, dude. He's like, I'm tired of looking at these message boards. I'm going heel. Yeah, he came down to the ring heroically and then dropped a leg on that dude. <laughs> <laughs> he went from red and yellow to black and white in the span of one question. Just like that. So that was the Steve Ozer questions. Those are the ones I felt that were important and I thought I'd pull for you guys. So, uh, Scott, do you have anything to add? Uh, no. You know, Steve really goes above and beyond every time with these Q&As. It's just he gives us so much good information. And a lot of it is copy and paste the same answer to a lot of people's questions. I like your selection that you pulled here. And thank you for doing that. You're finding news where normally there is nothing new to announce. But we're able to get some questions answered by Steve and you pulled that information. So thank you. And a huge thank you to Steve for constantly answering all these questions from us. Well, you know, what's funny is everybody was like, oh, with no news, you know, with the global pandemic, with figures coming out or whatnot, are you guys going to have any news? And I'm like, well, if you think about it, usually between Access and San Diego Comic-Con, this time of the year regarding news is our slow time. It's dry. Yeah. Yeah. Scott and I have tried coming up with different segments in years past. And they just went over like a fart in church, dude. So, or a baby Ruth in a swimming pool, whatever, dude. Right. So I go looking for the news and luckily Steve is answering questions on the message boards. There's just one long thread where Steve is just answering questions. So I just copy it. I mean, I do investigative reporting and put it onto these show notes. It's not copy and paste. How dare you, Scott? <laughs> You're a broadcast journalist, my friend. Get me my banana phone, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We are headed to the listener segment. What do you say we jump into it? Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen to the listeners. Scott, first question comes in from Bevan Boychuk. So a lot of the big entertainment properties like Marvel, Star Wars, and DC license out their characters to multiple toy companies. Usually one company in the toy aisle, then higher end items, Marvel Legends at Walmart, but also SH Figure Arts. Let's pretend Storm Collectibles, since they have a proven track record with wrestling figures, receives the WWE license, and we're going to release six figures in 2021. What figures would you need to see made? Current roster or legends? You decide, but remember that only hardcore collectors will be purchasing these as they are priced higher and only available online. Look forward to hearing your answers, and thanks for all the great content. Bevan. Ooh, all right. I've already got some names, Jeff. So can they mix? Can they do half current, half legends? Um, I don't know, but I've already got my names. Oh, well, then I'm going to just kick back in my new gamer chair and let you answer it. So Storm Collectibles, and it's funny because, uh, Bevan, thank you for sending in that question. I love it. Um. We talked last week about Storm Collectibles and the little bit beefier bodies that they have. And certain guys, we mentioned Dino Bravo specifically, are very well cut out to fit into the Storm line of figures, given their body types. As soon as you said Storm grabbing WWF names or WWE names, Legion of Doom immediately popped into my head. Because you can do alternate heads, 
right? You can do war paint versus war paint that's been taken off during the course of a match. You can do variants with black shoulder pads, red shoulder pads, or if you want to go SummerSlam 92, you can go gold shoulder pads. That's the thing is they have to have the license to these guys. Well, right. That's assuming that they have full rights to WWF Legends. That's It's all an assumption. Well, if Mattel isn't making Road Warriors, then I doubt that any other company could. Right, but we're playing in a perfect world. I mean, this is all wish list anyway, right? Touche. So we're so we're playing in a in a kind of a fantasy land here. So with that said, I'm going to assume that everybody that is a WWF legend is available to Storm to grab. And I think Legion of Doom would make perfect Storm collectibles figures. In fact, I wouldn't be opposed to Legion of Doom. I don't know if Animal is the sole guy that can sign off for Hawk as well. But I would love to see Storm grab those two guys and start running with the uh, LOD properties. Look, LOD is a, a moneymaker in 2020 and Hawk passed away in 2003. That speaks volumes about what those guys did to build a brand for themselves. They need to have merchandise at market. And I'm not just talking about a pro wrestling tea store. Us hardcore collectors want Legion of Doom. We want the Road Warriors in any costume that they ever wore in any face paint configuration that they ever wore. Give us AWA Road Warriors. We'll take it. Any version of Legion of Doom slash Road Warriors, I'm all on board. So that is my first pick for Storm to create. Next up, so I've got two in the hopper. Third, Ultimate Warrior. I mean, dude, that guy was ready-made a Storm action figure. The perfect body style for it, the beefier build, Ultimate Warrior would make a perfect figure from Storm. And again, alternate heads, battle damage face paint like they do with the Ultimate Editions. I thought you were going to say the Young Pistols. Oh, you have been watching way too much WCW, sir. <laughs> way, way too much. Damn, I really thought you were going to say Black Blood. Man, <laughs> he had a prototype. <laughs> yes, he did. He was almost a Galoop figure. You're absolutely right. Um, So I've got LOD. I've got Ultimate Warrior. Next up, and this one might go a little bit off the wall for you here, Jeff. China. Whoa. They've got to have a female figure in the mix. Yes, actually, good call. Mattel already has their China ready to go. She's going to be released. I'd love to see Storm take a stab at her. She's thicker, right? She's got that muscular build. Maybe not necessarily like a Hulk Hogan type body, but you could scale it down a little bit and still make a super buff China. I think that they would knock it out of the park with China. You could do a hair and a ponytail or her hair down different hands. I think China would be incredible to add. So we've got four next up. You got to do the macho man. Agreed. Removable sunglasses, the robe, alternate hair or alternate heads. I think macho man would be awesome. And I don't even care what gear you put him in. Redo his WrestleMania three. If you have to, but since you got the WWF license this time, you can include an intercontinental title with him. So that's five. They've already done Hogan. So I don't need to see Hogan redone. Hmm, one more, and I've gone all legends. You know what? I'm going to go super extra vanilla right now, and I'm going to say John Cena. Okay. And that rounds out the six. I was really thinking you were going to say PN News. Wow, you are super hooked on WCW, dude. That's all I watch all day. (laughs) I mean, look, I'd love to see Doom, because you could do two types of heads. You could do their masked or unmasked. I think that would be awesome, but I think Doom is a super long shot to get made ever. As much as I'd love it, I got to look at what Steve said uh, during your Q&A that you read last week, Jeff, where they basically have to have 10K, right? And I don't know if Doom sells that well. 
Possibly a Ron Simmons figure, not as Doom, but Doom as either a two-pack or single-pack elites. I don't think that they... 10K just seems like a lot for Doom. It's definitely more of a niche collector market for Doom. But Legion of Doom, however, that's easy money. It is easy money. People buy Legion of Doom whatever. Um, That's why I had to include them in the Storm Collectibles. What about Roman Reigns? You could... Yeah, you could do Roman. I was just going super extra vanilla with like a run-of-the-mill, almost like a top picks guy. So insert name here. AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns. But that's more just to throw in a current name. Um, But if I had my druthers and I could just throw in an extra name to do, I'm going to round out my Storm Collectibles assortment with Demolition. Because of the the shoulder pads or the vests that they wore, the masks, you could do variants on the face paint, either battle damaged or two different face paints as they changed it up quite a bit. Demolition would be incredible to add in there. So, you know, take your pick. I can either go vanilla on the last pick or I can add an extra pick and make my last two Demolition. So you get the Road Warriors, you get Demolition, you get China, you get the Macho Man. All right. I like it. Thank you. Oh, dude. If I could throw one more name in. Go for it. Any one of the uh, Mick Foley personalities, Mankind, Dude Love, Cactus Jack, the man himself, Mick Foley, take your pick. I think that would make an awesome Storm Collectibles. It'll look better than that last WrestleMania figure that came out. Dude, my morning deuce looked better than that Mick Foley figure. No offense. No offense. (laughs) I'm still pissed you didn't say Young Pistols. (laughs) Well, hey, the floor is yours, my friend. If you'd like to say Young Pistols, have at it. Please, you think that would sell? If I was a businessman, I would not make that. (laughs) (laughs) You're crazy. That's why we're not in the toy industry, Scott. You're not even doing a wish list, Young Pistols. (laughs) They don't don't even qualify for my wish list. Actually, if we were to do another wish list segment, the Young Pistols will not be on there. I guarantee it. What about Firebreaker Chip? Dude, I just saw him with Todd Champion today. I was laughing. What about Arachnaman? Arachnaman will not be on there. I don't think he would. I don't even think the machines would kick on 10K for that that guy. How about Lasertron? Uh, possibly. How about the new breed? Ooh, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People listening at home are like, who? <laughs> Except for a very select few. They're pausing, Googling, pausing, Googling. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No mulkies either. Scott, uh, thank you, Bevan for the question. Scott, next question comes in from Joe. He says, Hey guys, Joe static here again with another question for the pod. I was wondering if the Remco line continued for a final map mania two set, who would you guys put in that set? Thanks. PS. Thanks again for the signed print. Thank you so much, Joe. And we thank you for it. Scott, who would be in map mania two? Joe, thank you for the question. Any question that we get that reverts back to Remco, I'm 100% game, 100% down. Remco, as we've talked about, Jeff, one of our favorite lines of all time. It was a nice offset to the immovable objects that were LJN rubber figures to go down to the lower sunglasses, raises an eyebrow, fully posable, snickers ah. a little bit, Remco figures. And it, it it definitely added a whole new element to your wrestling figure playtime, right? So I've often said that I wish the Remco line would have gone after either NWA or UWF slash Mid-South characters. And if I had my wish for Remco to continue for one more series, I would have loved for them to go grab it. I think we just talked about this a week or two ago. I would love for them to go get the UWF license or Mid-South, whatever it was when they were pulling licenses at the time. 
there are so many names that could have been included. And to take it even one step further, I would love if they had grabbed the NWA license as well. Because guys like Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff should have had figures way before their first figures came out. Dusty being in the Hasbro line and Nikita, poor Nikita, a force in the, a or in the NWA, didn't get his first figure until Classic Superstars. That is a damn shame. So, with that said, Joe is giving me my hall pass to go back and make Remco put figures into a last series, a Matt Mania 2, if you will. Nikita and Dusty are my first two names in the hopper. Dusty with a splotch and all. Throw him in the line. Give him that beefier body that Abdullah and some of the Terry Gordys had. Give him the beefier body. Throw the splotch on there. Make it super realistic. Put the gouges in his forehead. Give me that Dusty Rhodes. And have him saying hard times all day. I love it. Give me a super buffed out Nikita Koloff. And then we start hitting the UWF guys. I would have loved to see a Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. I would have loved to see a Fantastics. Because, damn it, we've never had Fantastics figures. And the Fantastics were, well, fantastic. They deserved action figures. They never had them. And we need one more name, Jeff. So you're kind of hanging off that Ric Flair was made in the Remco line. I don't know how they got Ric Flair. I still don't know how they did. He got around. He was a traveling man. But he was the only guy from another promotion that was made in the AWA line. Well, technically the Warriors were NWA, but they were traveling guys as well. I think that they had the AWA deal in place before they jumped ship to the NWA. Correct. Yeah. So for Joe's sake, what about just late days AWA figures? Like maybe a second set of Midnight Rockers? Oh man, no. Dude, late game AWA, did anybody even really like that? I mean, what are we going to have a Vader before he was Vader? What are we going to have a Buck Zumhoff? I mean, rock. No, hey, no, <laughs> not right now, Scott. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. No, <laughs> you are correct, sir. Yeah. His name has been blacklisted for sure for wrestling figures. Um, yeah. Go- Google that shit. <laughs> okay. But really, I mean, who, you're going to make bad company. Is that who you're throwing in when you have the potential to go grab? Okay. So say NWA is off the table. All right. Pull my Nikita and my dusty out. You could go after the UWF because they had not yet jumped on with the NWA slash WCW yet, right? That happened late 87, early 88. Matt Mania, I believe, was like 87. So they still had a chance to get UWF before they merged with the NWA. So if you're going to take my Nikita and my Dusty away, say no NWA, then I'm going to go full on UWF. And if you absolutely have to have somebody from that late era AWA that nobody really liked... Oh, man. All right. Give me a Colonel De Beers, as horrible as he was. <laughs> and that's going to be my one. You know what? No. Give me a sensational Sherry as well. Give me a Sherry Martel. What about Bad Company? Well, okay. So Bad Company was more like 88, right? Like late 88. The Rockers had, had won the titles, lost them, came back. And because they lost them originally, like sold that Ustinov and somebody else. It was some weird win, and then the Rockers jumped ship to WWF, got fired, came back, won them again, and then I believe that's the title reign where they lost them to Bad Company, but you're talking mid-88, I think? So I don't think the time, the time frames work out. So if you're going to say Bad Company's on the table, then take out Sherry Martel because Remco's Precious was was what it was. It wasn't 
super great. And I'm sure Sensational Sherry or Sherry Martell's figure probably would have been precious with black hair. So take Sherry Martell out, leave De Beers in, give me Bad Company. So that's three. Then we're going to go over to the UWF where I want to hold off Sting until his Galoob figure. So don't give me a Sting in the last line of the Remco's. Give me, and we already had Freebirds from Remco. Give me Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert and give me the Fantastics. So I'm going to go a little bit more AWA heavy. So I would go the new Midnight Express. I would uh, make Bad Company. Oh, oh, you're talking Condry and Rose? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, hey, they made Doug Summers. So, okay. And, and a Paul Heyman figure. So you're going five. I, you know what, man? Uh, yeah. Because their singles division was god awful at the end. I mean, wait, you're going to make us early, early Scott Steiner? Uh, no. Because then you're trumping his Galoob release, and that was fantastic. So I'm going to go a lot of tag team heavy. I would go the new Midnight Express. I would go Bad Company. May, actually, how about this? Two three packs. Well, you know what? Actually, you're holding form. With what you just said your last release of Matt Mania was, would be Matt Mania 2. You're holding form because the Matt Mania series had two tag teams in it. It had the Rockers and it had uh, Rose and Summers. So with you coming into the Matt Mania 2, you're holding form. You're doing like a single guy and two tag teams, which essentially is what Matt Mania was with a couple extra single guys in there too. So you're holding the form with what they did with the previous series. So I like that. You could also have a Jerry Lawler figure, actually. You could. Yes, you could do Lawler. I don't know exactly what year he came into the AWA. I thought he was a little bit later, but maybe that was the end of 88. So if you're putting that on the table, yeah, Lawler would definitely make a lot of sense. Uh, you could even do a Kerry Von Erich. Very true. You could throw the Texas, well, not Texas Tornado yet, but you could throw the modern day warrior Kerry Von Erich in there. That's a great assortment right there, dude. Bad Company, Jerry Lawler, Kerry Von Erich. And then who was your other tag team you said? Uh, the Midnight Express? New Midnight Express, yeah. That's pretty solid. The only other name I would add to mine, if I could throw in an extra name, Dr. Death Steve Williams. Well, what about... Th oh, good call, by the way. With the UWF title belt. <laughs> You're... So they made Ric Flair, and he, Ric Flair wasn't hovering around the AWA that much. Like you said, he was a traveling man. But they made, for the most part, in the Matt Manias and the AWA Remco line, they made AWA guys. Yes, you're right. So what I would love to see is Bad Company... With Diamond Dallas Page. Okay. That's a three-pack. Okay. Second three-pack would be New Midnight Express with Paul E. Dangerously. Okay. I like that. I, I like it a lot. I mean, I'm not crazy about the New Midnight Express. Maybe I wasn't either. Randy Rose. I, eh. I mean, Condry yeah, yeah, was yeah. great, but Randy Rose, ugh, not a big fan. I, I don't even think Condry was great, dude. I liked Condry. I think you're a little bit hard on the guy. I think he was good. I mean, he's no Stan Lane. Like, Stan Lane and Eaton are the ultimate Midnight Express. But right. Condry was good. So anyways, those are some names that we would throw into Matt Mania too. I think we just named off the whole AWA roster <laughs> at that time. Yeah. At the showboat, showboat in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think that to me, throwing in the UWF names is more that it, it would almost be like a Hail Mary. Like, hey, let's see what happens if we get this other federation under license and make make toys or figures of them. Let's see what happens. You know what? One more thing mandatory for Matt Mania too another ring oh good call yeah something more akin to the cage match that actually had like the plastic ring it didn't even have to have a cage but something more durable than that cardboard garbage that they gave us more along the lines of that cage match ring that was plastic and had the plastic cage around it good call thank you joe for sending that in that really got scott and i's juices going oh yeah 
I'm soaked. Talk Rebcos all day. Oh, yeah. Scott, next question comes in from JT. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here, back with that weekly submission. This week, I just want to tell you guys about some wrestling figure purchases I made recently. First purchase I made was a guardrail set from Wrestling Figure Superstore. For a while now, I've been thinking about getting some stuff to help me form an arena for my wrestling figure photography series. And Superstore's guardrail set was one of the items I wanted to get. Second, one is a big one. Finally, I pre-ordered Super 7's Ogata. I'm really glad I could finally get it. I've been worried for the longest time that by the time money came around, it would be gone. But after a big Easter Day check, I had some more spending money, and I spent it on that. July can't get here soon enough, JT. I agree, man. I've been waiting for those Super 7 figures, and they got pushed back, which sucks, but I'm just like, okay, I'm still going to get them. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to get them. They're going to show up at the door. I will shower myself in them. I will lay on my porch and just have them... Uh, shower me it's like that scene from american beauty where she's laying on the bed and there's like all the, the flower petals falling on top of her like that's gonna be you with super seven figures like celeste stand over me and dump figures on me <laughs> yes oh <laughs> uh, the guardrail set everybody praises figures toy company and wrestling superstores accessories and even their rings nate is a huge fan of their rings they're solid so if anybody's in the hunt for accessories for their figure federation, for their figure photography, whatever it may be, head on over to Wrestling Superstore or Figures Toy Company. They've got some great stuff going on over there. I have been tempted so many times to order that Japanese-style ring. I have wanted that for so long, but I, every time I go to put it in the cart, I'm like, I can't. Where the hell am I going to put it? <laughs> My room is overloaded, you know, just stuff like that. You'll so. find a place, dude. You'll find a place. I know, I know. I, I'm running out of room in this place, dude. I got to take over Celeste's room. I just build an addition. And make Celeste move on to the addition? <laughs> <laughs> You're moving out there. <laughs> uh, Celeste, those are his words, not mine. I'll let you have the Dyson fan when it gets warm. <laughs> <laughs> JT, that's awesome. Congrats on the Okada addition to the collection. Great call on that one. That's the only one I've got coming my way. And minus pandemic, we would be getting those figures in the next few weeks. But... I can wait until June. It's okay. I'm super excited to get that one in hand, though. Yeah, congratulations, JT. Scott, it is time for our nostalgia segment. What do you say we go back in time? Let's do it. We're going back in time for nostalgia. We're going back in time, time, time. Scott, why don't you talk about Bane's beard oil? Yes, guys, if you have hair on your face, head on over to OutsidersBeardCo.com. Load up your cart with balms, oils, everything designed to keep your beard tamed, but sexy as hell. Load up your cart, go to checkout, use code FULLYPOSABLE10, and you will save yourself a sweet 10% off everything in your cart. Again, balms, oils, everything you need to keep your beard tamed and looking amazing, OutsidersBeardCo.com. Go check out what Bane has to offer. And guys, we got to get those beards trimmed up and you want them looking nice and tight for when this quarantine is all said and done. You want women running their hands through your beard with gloves on, of course. So head on over there for those oils and those bombs over Outsiders Beard Co. Check them out on Facebook as well. Scott, it is time to hit up Build and Brawl Series 2. I got to say, some people were excited that we were talking Build and Brawl. 
I like going back and revisiting this one because like I said last week, I had zero of these. I would see them on the pegs, but again, they were one of those gimmick lines. And traditionally for me as a collector, I pass over the gimmick lines minus the retros, of course, but this was one I passed over. But now that I'm going back and looking at them, they were awesome. And to be perfectly honest, they were ahead of their time. As I mentioned last week, these came out about a year ahead of the Marvel Universe line. And they're very, very similar in terms of articulation and look and size and or the scale of them. And these were before Marvel Universe. We know, all know how big of a property Marvel is. These were ahead of Marvel. And I love the look of these. They're incredible. The articulation on them is great. Awesome sculpting jobs on something so small. So kudos to Jax for this one. I'm really enjoying talking about these. I am as well, dude. And like you said, the articulation on him is really, really cool. So Scott, why don't you hit up series two? Yes, sir. Series two, much like series one, each figure released, and there were six of them, came with a piece to construct a wrestling ring. And they kind of went back to what worked with series one. Same concept. The figures are going to build a ring. They did change it up for series three, spoiler alert, but I'm not going to tell you what that was yet. So Let's get into Jack's Build and Brawl, circa 2008, Series 2. First up, Batista, and he had a screaming face sculpt, had black trunks on, and he came with a piece of the wrestling ring. Mr. Kennedy! Kennedy! With screaming face sculpt, silver trunks. Was that riveting stuff there, Jeff? It was very riveting. Thank you. Screaming face sculpt, silver trunks, and was packaged with ropes for the wrestling ring. Rey Mysterio, and he was in his orange gear, so orange pants, orange gloves, orange mask, and he came with a piece of the ring. Kane, and this would have been Kane's look where he had black tights on with the red accents on it, and he had the bald head, no mask. And he was packaged with the ring posts. Next up, Randy Orton, and he was packaged with a ring base, or a piece of the ring. And last, but certainly not least, one of my favorites out of all six here, the great HBK, Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid. And he was in his SummerSlam 2005 look with the black and white chaps. And he rounded out the ring with the last piece of the ring base. And that rounds out Jack's Build and Brawl, circa 2008, Series 2. Interesting that they made Batista again after he was in Series 1. Yeah, the dude was a monster in 2008. Obviously was selling very well, and Jax made it a point to get him right into Series 2 again. Rey Mysterio looked good. He was in the orange outfit, kind of like his Jax classic LJN throwback. Shawn Michaels looked great. I've always loved those chaps that he had at SummerSlam 2005 against Hogan. Yes. Where he oversold everything. What are you talking about? He didn't oversell. Hogan's that strong. D- dude. <laughs> HBK <Dude>. was great. <laughs> he, was, he was so great during that, man. But... <laughs> I actually enjoyed this series. Look, going back and looking at him, I didn't buy any of these, um, obviously. Kane, I thought, looked fantastic. I think out of all of these, Kane probably would be my favorite with Shawn Michaels a close second. Yeah. Yeah, that Kane is outstanding. But you know what's crazy is now that I'm going back and looking at these, I don't have a least favorite. I think they're all super good. Like, these are all really, really well done. Like, Jax did an incredible job on the sculpts on these. The bodies look good. The articulation is spot on. I love all the points of articulation. The head sculpts are fantastic. Uh, The gimmick is that it comes with a piece to make a ring, and that's fine. They should have changed it up for Series 2, but they did for Series 3, to their credit. Switched it up a little bit. But the figures are awesome. They really are very, very good. And I like that they were ahead of the Marvel Universe. 
because you could kind of say Marvel Universe took the idea from the Building Brawls. I don't think that's the case, but it's the same scale, the same articulation. They're very, very similar and just great figures all around. Uh, really a cool one and not a super expensive one to go back and collect. Because I think they were, what, $7.99, $8.99 or something like Around that? Around that, yeah. I think that's what Walmart was selling them for. Anywhere between like $7.99 and $9.99, something like that. And I don't know, I, I know why I didn't collect these because I was so focused on Jack's Classics and Deluxe Classics. And also at the time, I wasn't really pulling in a paycheck, so I kind of had to slow down. Yeah. But at, also, I, I thought these were cool. I thought they were really cool. Unfortunately, as I said last week, they didn't sell that much, but that's okay. There is one in a future line that I wish I would have seen because I would have probably picked it up. And that was, and I'm going to spoil it for you guys, was Sergeant Slaughter. Okay, so I wasn't going to spoil that one. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, I've been researching that G.I. Joe 25th anniversary line. And as most people know, Sergeant Slaughter was a huge part of the G.I. Joe universe in the mid to late 80s. In fact, the G.I. Joe animated movie that came out, I think, in 87, Sergeant Slaughter had a humongous role in it. And as we all know as well, they released an LJN knockoff of Sergeant Slaughter, the big rubber figure. So he was a big part of G.I. Joe. Uh, They released an action figure of him in the late 80s, several versions of him. One of them was a mail-away. But with all of that said, there are several variations in the 25th anniversary line of Sergeant Slaughter, but he's extremely expensive. So what customizers were doing, because these came out in 2008, the G.I. Joe 25th anniversary line came out in 2007. What people were doing is they were buying the Sergeant Slaughter figure. They were removing the head from him and putting them onto bodies that fit Sergeant Slaughter's body style, I guess. And figures, they would basically do a kit bash where they'd get a, a like a torso that had a tank top, green pants, boots, and then they'd stick the Sergeant Slaughter head from the Build and Brawl figure onto their now custom G.I. Joe 25th anniversary Sergeant Slaughter figure. And it really, and it fit perfectly. Yes. This has now become the WCW G.I. Joe podcast. <laughs> Don't forget the energy drinks too. Oh yeah. We got to throw those in there too. No, but just to tie it, tie into your Sergeant Slaughter talk. It's funny that you mentioned that I wasn't going to spoil it until we got to the series that had Slaughter, but I had just seen that this week and I thought it was fascinating. People were doing like essentially a crossover but using the incredibly sculpted Jack's build and brawl head that could cross over to the G.I. Joe line, I thought was awesome. It just speaks to what Jax did with that slaughter figure, how good it was. Oh, that's awesome, dude. I had no idea that they were doing that. Yeah, I don't even were... remember seeing it on the pegs, the build and brawl. So no, no wonder people were buying it and swapping it onto another body. Yeah, there was a YouTube video I watched of a guy that was talking about doing it. And he was showing how well it fit onto the G.I. Joe figure. And he had one in the package and he had one that he had opened and was kind of showing all the points of articulation and how good the sculpt job was. And then showed the body of the figure that I think already had the head removed. And he said he was going to pop the, the head off of his build and brawl and stick it on that Joe body to make his Sergeant Slaughter G.I. Joe figure. Scott, that rounds out our talk of series two of the build and brawls. If you guys are in the hunt for these crazy, crazy expensive LJNs, Hasbros, Retros, that's another one that's skyrocketing in price because they're on hiatus. Galoobs. Just Toys Bendems, which unless you have the Rikishi, then you guys will be multi-multi-millionaires from what's going on lately. <laughs> or, or at least self-made thousandaires. Yeah, thousandaires. Uh, head on over to WrestlingToyTracker.com and check out the prices of what everything is going for. And it'll amaze you just how inflated these figures are going for. So go on over to WrestlingToyTracker.com or you can follow Ryan 
at toy underscore tracker on all social media. Scott Eaglemoss. Yes, guys, if you have a pop culture or WWE fan in your life and you're looking for a gift for that certain someone, hey, Mother's Day is around the corner. Look no further than Eagle Moss. Jump on Twitter, give him a follow at hero collector underscore. Take a look at all of the very, very cool properties under their umbrella. Of course, we're a little more partial to the WWE statues that they have to offer in their full color boxes with the full color magazine on the back side of the box, clear window on the front showing off the amazing Eagle Moss statue inside. Legends, women, current male roster, you want them. They're in there. They've got them. New names coming out all the time. Give them a follow on Twitter at Hero Collector underscore. Also want to throw it back to the podcast buddies. Of course, I'm going to start off with Breaker and Bane doing a fun show over there, doing wrestling talk, toy talk, and they have a guest in every single week. So go check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour on iTunes. You can also check out Breaker's Back to the Nintendo as well on iTunes, where him and his tag team partner, Brett, play old video games, Nintendo games, and they play it on the show, and they talk about if it stands up to the test of time. So go check that out. Back to the Nintendo on iTunes. I'm going to throw it over to Eric and Barry. Eric does a great, great show, Scott. I mean, <laughs> you started off up- so strong. You met, you mentioned Barry by name. The other guy, that B-E-R-R-Y guy, Barry, he, he's, he's not good. He, he's no good. <laughs> Why, you trash-talking SOB. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, check them out. They talk about wrestling figures and merchandise throughout the wrestling world. So go check out... Eric and Barry, they have a fun show, Doing the Favor podcast. Check them out on iTunes. Again, that's Doing the Favor. Steve, over the PPW podcast, him and I did a watch along this past week. That was a lot, a lot of fun. He put it up to a poll, and we ended up watching Monday Night Raw, where Foley won the title. And it was funny, dude, because the matches were stinkers on that show. So Steve and I just started telling stories. But it was funny because we were talking about how great the Goldust and Mark Henry match was. How great? Really? Okay, it wasn't great. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was confused there for a second. Like, wow, was it a five-star? Was it better than Melina and Alicia Fox? I think it, I think it was like a negative three-star. <laughs> Ouch. Well, it didn't happen in Japan, so. That's true. If that was the case, Meltzer would have pushed it up to a zero rating. <laughs> Maybe a point three. <laughs> um, actually, I do have to say... There was a hardcore match on there. It was Al Snow versus Road Dog. That was a lot of fun to watch. So, and then of course Foley winning the title. Steve Austin comes out. Spoiler alert: Steve Austin comes out to one of the loudest pops ever. Had fun. Had a lot of fun talking with Steve uh, while watching that. So, Steve and his tag team partner Eric do a fun show on retro wrestling over at Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast or PPW Podcast on Twitter. Every single week, Marty and Sarah welcome in their buddies. They are some other people we want you guys to go and support. Go help them out and check out MartyandSarahLoveWrestling.com. They have a fun show where they do all improv skits with their buddies. So check out Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. Ryan Buds loves to do trivia and he does it every single day on Trivia with Buds. 
on iTunes and Scott drunk wrestling history. You guys were wearing masks. <laughs> I'm not going to say what the episode was about, but we tried zoom on our last batch. As I mentioned last week, we did a new batch of recordings this past weekend. And, uh, for one of the episodes that we did, we did three episodes. And for one of those three, Eddie and I wore masks while doing the zoom. So I'm not going to spoil what it was for, but it's hilarious. We had to do Lucha masks for the episode. It was very appropriate. Uh, we currently have the WrestleMania five. Uh, and before that one, we had the mega powers forming and exploding. So those are the two most recent episodes up the one coming up this week. Oh, it's going to be a special Cinco de Mayo episode that will be releasing on Cinco de Mayo. And that will also be available on YouTube where you will be able to watch the zoom. We were, where we did wear the luchador masks. Not going to tell you guys what it was about. You got to check it out. Go download an episode. Give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. And if you're so inclined, whatamaneuver.net has a drunk wrestling history t-shirt. And also we want you guys to check out luchacentral.com. I have a podcast up there with Eric Arana where we are discussing a figure that leads into a match and we talk about the basis of the figure and how many figures have been made regarding that one certain match. So it's a lot of fun. That one's kind of relaxing. I just get to kick back and relax, Scott. I don't have to do any editing or anything. I just talk. Nice. That must be nice for a change, huh? And it's pretty nice. I got to admit, it's pretty nice. Excellent. It's over on luchacentral.com. Scott, roll call. Yes, of course. First and foremost, every single week, the first shout out you hear out of me will be always the great Jason Wolf. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jason WLF. If you need artwork, any type of artwork, Jason Wolf is your guy. He's currently doing more of the rock and wrestling inspired cards. He just did demolition and got a like off of that by Smash, who told him good work on the cards. I couldn't agree more. Jason is incredible. If you need artwork, again, at Jason WLF on Twitter, you will not be disappointed. And just to round out Roll Call this week, Jeff, I'm going to go back to those people that support our show, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping using code WFP20. Eagle Moss, give him a follow on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. Foco.com, give him a look. They've got a bunch of great sports memorabilia on there. As I mentioned, the WWE line of bobbleheads at checkout, use code WFP10. Save yourself 10% on everything in your cart, anything and everything in your cart. And finally, the great Bane with outsidersbeardco.com. Balms, oils, all the good stuff for your beard. Go check it out, outsidersbeardco.com. And when you load up your cart, use code FULLYPOSABLE10 at checkout. Save yourself 10%. And that rounds out Roll Call. Scott, you want to tell a funny story before we sign off? Do I have a funny story? I'm about to set you up with one. Oh. Do you remember when we used to go to Burrito Shop? Uh, (laughs) Every Monday? (laughs) (laughs) I think I know where you're going with this. But yes, I do. So it was great because I pick you up from school. Every Monday. Every Monday. Well, I picked you up a lot of days from school, but we did this specifically, this thing specifically every Monday. I would pick you up from school. I'd wait over in the veterinary clinic parking lot, which was right across the way. They'd yell at me every single day, don't park here. I still park there. 
you'd come over, <laughs> you'd jump in the truck, we'd take off, deal with all the, the traffic getting out of there. And first thing we do is go right to the burrito shop. Well, this was on days where we didn't have to go to Toys R Us or Castro Village Toy Shop first. Correct. Sometimes there were there were detours to the toy stores. But when there weren't, we'd go straight to burrito shop. I would get my super carne asada burrito. You would get a cheese quesadilla and a bean and cheese burrito. Yep. We would take this food, go back home, and bust out our collection of VHS cassettes where normally it was Royal Rumble 91 being popped in. Or which WrestleMania was it, Jeff? Was it four? We w- No, we would watch WrestleMania... We would watch WrestleMania 9. Oh, 9. Okay. Or 10. Okay. Because I had that on tape. Got it. So it was one of the VHS, WWF VHSs that we had in the collection. We'd pop that in and we basically, because that was the cool thing about VHS tapes, it would pick up right where you left off. So whatever we had watched the previous Monday, we just picked it up the following Monday and we're eating our Mexican food and we're watching our wrestling and we had our wrestling figures kind of surrounding us and it was incredible. Okay. And there was more... Sorry, I know what I know which I know which instance we're both talking about. In fact, when I said it, you just started dying laughing. So there's more to this. So I paused to make sure that we were telling or we were thinking the same thing. Like this is the story you wanted me to tell, and it's quick. But we come home, so we have our Mexican food, and both Jeff and I are so focused on going in the house, grabbing our sodas, going straight to Jeff's room, popping in the VHS tape, and eating our food. Like we have one train of thought eat Mexican food. Second train of thought is watch the wrestling. So we're already focused on what's going on. So we get out of the truck. We start to walk up the walkway into the house and our next door neighbors at the time are out in their driveway. <laughs> and I'm, I'm in front of Jeff walking up to the front door and I look over at the neighbors and they wave at me. I go, Hey, how you doing? Jeff, who's behind me waves at the neighbors and goes, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> we we both start dying laughing as they're looking at us like we're a couple of jerk offs like we are laughing now going to the front door i open it up we're still laughing we go get our sodas we're still laughing we go upstairs pop in the vhs tapes we're still laughing we get out our mexican food we're watching wrestling still laughing and to this oh. day we tell that story to people and we i think are laughing harder than the people that we're telling it to but it was awesome <laughs> i look over and i wave i go hey how you guys doing and just behind me he waves and goes ah pretty good <laughs> but i think we are so focused on eating mexican food and watching wrestling that we didn't care about waving or talking to the neighbors we just had to get into the house and that's what happened so I have to tell you, do you know what made me think of that story? No, I have no idea. The other day, as I said, I'm working from home. Everybody knows. I made a bean and cheese burrito. Ah, nice. And I, it, the bean and cheese burrito threw me back to when we used to go to the burrito shop. And when I say you ordered that every time, that's not an exaggeration. You would get a cheese quesadilla and a bean and cheese burrito 100% of the time. Yeah. In fact, the guy at the burrito shop knew my order by heart. Both of us. As soon as we walked in, I might change up the meat in the burrito every now and then, but he had your order down to a T. He's like, yeah, quesadilla, yeah, yeah. bean and cheese. And you're like, yep, quesadilla, bean and cheese. <laughs> but he said it like he was bean and cheese. 
Yes. Being anxious. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but he knew us by heart. And then he would also sometimes comp us a burrito or yes. whatever, because we were in there every single Monday, dude. Every Monday without fail. What reminded me of that was I made a bean and cheese burrito, but then that threw me back to when we used to go to the burrito shop, which then in turn made me think of that story. <laughs> And I was like, I wonder if that would be great on the show. Screw it. Let's tell it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever. <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed that one. That was just, that was hilarious. <laughs> like you said, they probably thought we were a couple of jerk offs, dude. Oh my gosh. Yeah. As we are like, are talking to ourselves, walking up to our front door, but looking at them and then laughing hysterically. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> they must've thought we were on something. Oh, so Scott for episode 224, anything else? Fig life since 2016. Stay safe, stay healthy, social distance, and happy toy hunting. Yes, I want to thank everybody for listening to episode 224. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Holy uh, yeah. Let's go! Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. With the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.